In this week's episode, the onslaught of new books is going to give us not only a new episode, but an honorable mention too. From rehashing of old tales to remixing something brand new for multiple IPs, there's a ton of potential coming from the new comics rack this week. It's all happening now on Cover B. Execute episode 86. (laughs) Didn't you do that for episode 76? 66, yes. Okay. Hey guys, welcome to Cover B. (laughs) everybody it is it is comics time it is comics time in a rough and crazy week we you know honestly t and i were concerned that we weren't going to be able to get an episode out because it just took us really long to count our comics so long we like to count them first so that we know how many comics we have and i don't know something about it it just took a really long time one Two cha 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 <laughs> four five wait <laughs> damn it I have to start over that was my attempted at political humor anyway let's talk about comics there's a ton this week and there's admittedly a whole bunch. there might be I think there's going to be a uh uh honorable, honorable mentions. mentions yeah yeah there was a lot this week like we there were, there were a bunch of books we came to the, <laughs> came to the table with like. 10 new books uh, worth talking about, but we're probably only going to talk about five of them. And then we'll do an honorable mentions for the remaining five. First, I want to talk about this one has been hyped to bejesus and back. Oh my God. Uh, Crossover number one from image by Donnie Cates and Jeff Shaw. Uh, If you didn't know it was happening, welcome to comic books. These are comics. Uh, It's a format of art and literature uh, combined. Uh, because obviously you've not touched a comic or you would have heard of crossover. <laughs> I didn't know it was coming. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> but I don't leave the house anymore. Yeah. So... It's, it's been hella hyped. It's been on all the, <laughs> all the typical news channels, but it, uh, it lived up to it. It was, it was so re- good. Really cool read. So the whole premise and it, just to clarify, I'm making fun of how hyped it is because the hype got ridiculous. There was one quote I saw that I think was from Donny Cates or it might have been from somebody at Image uh, who was basically saying that crossover is going to be the next Watchmen. Um, Oh, damn. Okay, calm down. Watchmen wasn't Watchmen before it was Watchmen. It was Watchmen after it was Watchmen. You can't claim the next Watchmen before it's the next Watchmen. You have to let it happen, and then it becomes the next Watchmen, <laughs> and now it's the next Watchmen. That's how that works. World War Two wasn't called... Was World War Two called World War Two when World War Two was happening? I know World War One wasn't. I'm going to tell you this right now. Obviously. Calling it the next Watchmen, that's that's a marketer thinking they yeah. cute. Most- <laughs> Most things that get like these great titles and stuff get them after the fact. You can't build it up before yeah, you no. take a breath. Anyway, um, the whole premise of this is that at some point in Colorado, uh, superheroes just exploded out of comic books and like into the world. Like a big crossover event just kind of like happened in real life. In real life, um, there's no word on specifically who they make mention of like both marvel and dc superheroes um but they really only name superman uh because they have this whole 
intro monologue talking about like is superman more real than you and i thought it was a really cool like breakdown of fictional ip it, it did really definitely wrinkle my brain um but so presumably it's like every comic book just explodes into the world um at some point the super people put a force field around the whole of colorado making it like an unenterable zone um and from then forward society has a different take on super people they don't like comics about super people they start putting out propaganda books about like cops and cowboys and stuff to kind of pull people away from the supers uh and it's drama 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 and we follow uh this one woman who works at a comic book store um as she gets kind of pulled into the adventure of everything um will warn you there's only really the only real good way to talk about this is being a bit spoilery um so if you don't want this book spoiled pause the episode go read it come back uh we'll still be here but yes. um there's an important thing that happens that is kind of a spoiler uh so i apologize in advance this is your spoiler warning anyway t what do you think this was my favorite book of the week mm -hmm. um i didn't know it was coming because if you all remember, I like to go into comics blind, so I also don't really pay attention to ads. The only time, I feel like the only time I ever pay attention to ads is in a Marvel book, and it's usually the damn Snickers ads, because I'm like, I'm reading this book, and then all of a sudden there's a Snickers ad, and I'm like, wait. Oh, that's the, yeah, in the DC, DC books. books. Yeah. And I'm like, why are they in space now? And then I'm like, oh, it's a Snickers ad. Yeah. So. So I just actively don't pay talk, attention to ads. Real talk, those Snickers ads started... Like right around the time I started reading DC again, because I only kind of recently got into DC. Um, and back in the day, like now they're like covered with a huge brown border and they're like a two pager. Yeah. Like back in the day, it was like one page, no border comic <laughs> book Snickers ad. And I remember just being like, I flipped to a page and I was like, why is Wonder Woman here? What's going on? It's so confusing. <laughs> I every time I swear every time I'll be reading like a Batman Dark Knight crossover event and I'm like flip to the page and I'm like when did wait when did Green Lantern get here? When did that happen? And then I'm like, "Oh, it's a Snickers ad. I hate the Snickers ad. Snickers, stop it." Yeah. I am a marketer and I'm telling you, stop it. <laughs> Anyway, um, but I really, really liked crossover. Um, I am gonna go into the spoiler a little bit. Okay. Um, are we actually gonna get stuff from other IPs in this book? I so that's what I wanted going into this. I was like, you know, it would be really cool if Donny Cates is able to use his clout, Donny Cates BDE, and start <laughs> like. Pulling in, like, talking to the companies and being like, hey, I want to use your IP in this book. Um, right now, it's looking like soups might pop up. That's what I'm saying. Um, I saw and, that and I was like, now, wait a minute. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, it's it's weird to me because Donny Cates doesn't really have much of a connection over at DC. He's been doing a lot for Marvel. He's been doing his own sort of, like, indie stuff. Um, but he hasn't really done anything over at DC, so... But maybe Donnie's bros with Bendis, and Bendis, like, owns soups right now. Yeah. Well, what I'm thinking is, 
my prediction, which is not a prediction I'm wholeheartedly behind, but it would be funny. We get to like issue five or six of crossover and it ends with an appearance by Superman. And then Donny Cates announces that he's going exclusive to DC. (laughs) I, oh my God. I, I'm just, that makes my brain wrinkle so hard thinking of all the crap he's touching at Marvel. I'm like, I don't think, what the hell? I don't actually (laughs) think that will happen. Um, because Donnie seems really happy over at Marvel. They're letting him kind of do whatever he wants. Be bonkers over there. Um, they're letting, they're letting Donnie do what DC's letting Bendis do. They're like, whatever you want to play with, you can have it. Yeah. But, um, it's looking like the big S man might pop up. That's crazy. That would be really cool. Um, it's somebody mentioned to me that cause it, the only thing we've seen so far is that this girl drew like a crude drawing of Superman to be like, this is the man that saved me from Colorado. He can get us in. Right. And, um, they were like, Oh my God, is that, Oh, it can't be. And then it shows it and it's a crude drawing of a dude with an S but the S that she drew also kind of looks like a lightning bolt. So maybe. Oh. Interesting. Maybe they're going to go Shazam and play around with the whole like legal issues with Shazam. Like how he was Captain Marvel for a while and well, stuff. I even had a bit of a laugh because with the way that like the shoulder pads and everything are drawn. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the crude S is kind of tilted. It could also be Spawn. Yeah. And yeah. that would be so funny because if you don't think Todd McFarlane's like, who wants to play with my toys? Well, and that's no, kind of we'll play with my toys. I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping we get into the meat of it and we get into Colorado. Um and so we can actually see some super people cuz we so see cool. like a little glimpse of it in like a flashback. And it's all just like generic supers and stuff. Yeah, it's not But I mean if you're going to call your book crossover and you're going to pitch it as like we live in a world where the comics that we as readers read exist. That's the world that exists in this book. Then I want to see some of those. I want like them to go in and Invincible comes out and is like, hey, what the hell are you doing? And then like punches Rick Grimes in the nuts. You know, like I, I want to see. I love everything about that. I want to see some of these like an image has done those kind of things with their own IPs. Right. Pretty consistently. But I do think it would be cool if this was. You know, years and years ago, there was a massive like Marvel DC crossover. They did a book together where the two universes met up. Tooched. It would be really cool to see something like that happening again in a modern age. Well, and wasn't it? All it really takes is like some licensing stuff, some legal agreements. Like you don't have to make this like an all encompassing DC story because the super if Superman appears in this book, he's not DC's Superman. He's Superman that got pulled from the pages of reality of his reality into our reality to exist in the world of crossover. He is crossovers Superman, not, not DC's. So anything that happens to crossover Superman doesn't affect anything in the DC universe. Sure. Granted, they'd probably have things. It's like organizing the whole Wreck-It Ralph thing, like all the different companies with the different video game people. They were like, Zangief would never do this. You know what I mean? Bowser would be bigger than Robotnik and all this shit. And so you probably have to weigh that kind of stuff. Like 
just make sure Superman doesn't do anything crazy, like have sex on screen or punch a baby or something yeah. like that. But like, well, and wasn't it Donnie? Donnie's Thor that yeah. technically put Reference. Soups and Wonder Woman into Thor. Yep. Reference, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it referenced the Flash, Superman, and Green Lantern yeah. as like. In a flashback of the Black Winter thing, it was like, it's already consumed worlds, worlds of heroes. And it talked about like a man in blue and a red streak faster than lightning. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I and thought. And then the world got consumed. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that just felt like a fun little like, <laughs> Marvel's better than you. Thor could fight Superman and stuff like that. But which Thor slowly but surely is getting to a point where he could fight like back in the day Thor was like strong and he could do Thor stuff but it was like yeah whatever but now like I feel like every time I see Thor in something he's doing like blowing up a planet and like well he just killed Galactus yeah and it's like for fun Z's I'm like I, I don't know maybe Thor could fight Superman <laughs> well because of course he could because Donnie Cates has made Thor like super hella edgelord yeah and yeah it's weird and I don't <laughs> Anyway, um, I do hope we get to get into Colorado. I do hope we get Me to too. see so cool. some crossovers, some other IPs, like pull in some things from Boom. I don't know, like pull in some stuff from. Can we just have like Vampirella? Oh man, we could have like Vampirella be and dope. Betty and Veronica hanging out somewhere. Like <laughs> that would be dope. <laughs> I think so I think it would funny. be cool to bring in like Vampirella, Red Sonia, and That'd make so them cool. like not what they are in the comics. And stuff. I I think there's there's a lot they could do if they were willing to like put up with the effort of getting other people's IP involved. And comics do crossovers all the time. DC does crossovers with IDW. IDW and oh yeah. Uh, did IDW and Dynamite? No, Image and Dynamite did crossovers because they did Hack Slash meets Vampirella. So like they've done crossovers all the time. Yeah. So um, yeah. Archie and Boom and DC did stuff because they did a Gotham Academy crossover with somebody. Lumberjanes, I think. Archie and Dynamite. Archie and Dynamite have done crossovers. Um, I mean, IDW's done various crossovers with DC because they also did the Batman Team and T stuff. They did the Justice League, uh, Power Rangers stuff. Um, it is possible, and it honestly, the person in the game who the least wants to participate in crossovers. Is Marvel. It was Marvel. And yeah. Donnie is Marvel. Yeah, yeah. So it makes you think that like everybody else is like, yeah, sure, we'd play. And he's like, but I got to make sure that they're willing to do it. And Marvel's like, only because it's you, Donnie. <laughs> see, I could see I could see them just doing it without Marvel. You That's know what I mean? Too. Like, while it would suck to not have Spider-Man like swinging through Swipping and in. helping people. Oh, well, like it, I, yeah. I just I want to see this. I. I'm going to be bummed if what is probably true happens and they get into Colorado and it's a bunch of made up super people fighting Generic each other peeps. and we don't ever see any like actual real like image characters or Marvel characters or DC characters. And that's fine. You know, it's still the art's good. The story's really good. It does. It, it does seem like it's building to a very thoughtful piece on like what is real um, how do we define reality? How important are fictional characters in our lives? Um, 
but I just with a name like crossover, I'm going to be a bit there. Will, I will always be a bit salty if there's not a single like cameo or appearance from these other things, Dude, you know, Wreck-It Ralph would not have gotten a sequel if it had been all proprietary Disney IP. Yeah, exactly. Period. Yeah, yeah. Period. And you have to take that in consideration. Then the sequel like was this. pretty much all just proprietary Disney IP. But it was but so good. <laughs> it worked out. It was fine. Um, but yeah, crossover. Very, very good. Very cool. Uh, very worth picking up. Absolutely. Next on the docket is a Marvel book. Okay. Uh, John Walker, U.S. Agent number one. So <laughs> I, I want to talk about this one. I like, did you, what? I like your accent when you... You couldn't avoid. You were like, John Walker. Look. U.S. agent. It's the same thing that happens to me when I go to Waffle House. Inevitably, the waitress at the Waffle House is going to make me bring out my accent because, sorry, y'all, I was raised in North Carolina and Georgia, and this is just what happens sometimes. Deep down inside of you, the, like, eight-year-old T who stayed homesick from school and watched Walker, Texas Ranger just came out. (laughs) Excuse you. It would have been in the heat of the night. Anyway. Um, so I don't know if you guys will remember this and maybe some of you are new, so you don't have any context for this, which is totally fine. Um, but there was a book not long ago that was a Marvel book and it was taking place during the whole, like, Stark is a, like, non-existent and they're trying to get his body back and it's all complicated and it's sent like black widow and u.s agent and or bobby morse and u.s agent and other people to some random jungle to try and do things and i did not give that book very much praise because everyone felt flat and weird and uncomfortable and i didn't like any of the personalities and i thought it was dumb and u.s agents a total d-bag this book is all about the D-bag. Yep. But it blatantly calls out how much of a D-bag it is. It does, yeah. It's so good because you get in there and immediately they're like, hey, you're white supremacist, aren't you, fella? You're kind of a douche. And I'm like, yeah, okay, so I'm right. That's the vibe I got. And that is the execution that there it is. And here's this random pizza delivery dude beating the hell out of him and being hilarious and calling him out calling him out on his ish and just like generally being the more entertaining part of the whole book and I'm like can we get him some tidy whities so that he can be a superhero yeah. because I am pro pizza I, guy um, so I never read <laughs> I never read Christopher Priest's Deathstroke run which got a lot of got him a lot of acclaim uh and a lot of love um, but I am reading his Vampirella run. Um, and then I read this one. And, uh, oh my god. I just want to talk about how Christopher Priest is, like, low-key the funniest comic book writer in the game. Right <laughs> it's so good. It, like, just his style of writing and how he, like moves the uh moves the dialogue along and how like people interact and his use of like bizarre accents and dialects and stuff and there like there was one moment where i found myself just like guffawing because this 
pizza delivery guys beating the crap out of him and he's like it mid flip like pizza delivery guys flipping u.s agent and mid flip u.s agents like not the sheetrock and then they like go <laughs> through the wall and it's just like stuff like that like it's so casually and the vampirella runs the same thing it's just like so casually dry and witty and it's so good like it's, it's so good it's so christopher priest style of like maintaining dialogue and they're like flying in this jet to u.s agents destination and for some reason the pizza delivery guys coming with him and they're just having a conversation about how they're both bitter and kind of racist and they're just talking about that that's so funny and and, and like at one point he's beating up u.s agent and he like kicks him and he's like where's your bathroom and u.s agent's like i'm not what is happening i'm not telling you and he like flips him down the stairs and he's like down the hall to the right <laughs> yeah and it's just like yeah it's just it's so good like it's his way of maintaining characters is just so fun it's so fun i love what christopher priest does and i want him writing more super people of that kind of caliber you know what i mean of that like it felt very like like i feel like he'd do great with like hawkeye or like yeah you know ant-man or something like those kind of characters that aren't always in the best you know what I mean? Like, they're not the pristine, polished Captain Americas of the world, you know? Yeah, and they're, they're not the, the, like, wholesome Spideys yeah, either. Yeah, they're the U.S. agents. and But they're also not, like, the Black Widows and the Winter Soldiers that are, like, dark and gritty. They're just, like, somewhere in between just trying to make it. Can we get <laughs> and, him to do a Johnny Storm book? Because I feel I like that, that yeah. would be hilarious. I But this was very good. This was cool. And, I mean, having two characters, like, have an extended conversation fairly cynical extended conversation about race just in between two action set pieces was like Mwah. it was, so <laughs> it was great and they're like, so perfect and they're like subtly racist to each other and it's just ugh, yeah it's so good yeah, yeah it's so funny it's it was cool and, it was so and nice. i i was very excited i actually didn't realize priest was on this until i read like the first pan like first page and they're like interviewing these people from this mining town and they're all using like various like strange accents. And I was like, this feels like priest. And then I flipped into the front and I was like, this is priest. Yeah. I got to say, I was confused at first because all the other p names on the book were like so-and-so, 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 so-and-so. But they didn't put Christopher. They just put priest. Yeah, I think. And I was like. Who the F is Priest? Is like yeah. Prince? What, is just, what are we doing the, here? The artist formerly known as Christopher, which I'm pissed that I didn't get to that first. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this one was cool. It was cool. It was it good. It was really good. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next up, I want to talk about one that should not be overlooked because in my opinion, it's incredibly important. So on the surface, it's a adventure crime book uh it's about these kids who all go to like a very exclusive school and they get it in their heads one day they're like dude we could be thieves and they're like whoa cool and it's like five of them they all have various like talents and backgrounds and they break into this teacher's office and steal his like contraband out of his drawer because the main character's brother got his phone taken and he was pissed 
Uh, then they're like, wait, we could do more. One of the friends is not going to be able to go to the school anymore. Her parents just got arrested. She's not going to be able to put up the money to go to the school anymore. So they're like, what if we rob somebody? And so they hook up with this girl's brother, who's also in the crime world. And they go rob somebody, and he fences their stuff. And yay, the girl can stay at the school. And then complications happen later. So that's the book. Everyone in it is deaf. It's so good. Their communication is done entirely by signing, which obviously in a comic book is dialogue erupting out of their hands. But I just, I can't underscore enough how cool it is to have a comic book entirely focused on a group of deaf people. It, I've never seen a book about folks who are hearing impaired. I've yeah. never seen one. And I think that's so cool. It's it's really cool. It was it was very refreshing to see. I didn't know what it was. This is from Mad Cave. Um, I didn't know really what to expect from it. I've read a few things out of Mad Cave and I've not been overly shook by many of them. Um, pantomime, the cover shows the kids like in their like thief gear flashlights everywhere and there's like a creepy painting behind them so i was like okay it's gonna be some sort of like magic based a lot of magic stuff happening right now in comics so yeah. it's gonna be another magic based one and then you know it gets into it and she starts signing and texting and they start talking about you know my sister's deaf and stuff um and i was like okay they're you know maybe pantomime there's gonna be like magic that's like hand symbol based a la naruto and they're just gonna start popping out some sexy jutsu um <laughs> and that'll be cool and then it just turned into like a fun goonies-esque kind of like let's steal stuff romp and i was like dude this is cool <laughs> i think the most interesting part about it is that the hearing impairment is never depicted as a weakness or something that they have to overcome yeah. or something yeah. that's negative. It just is. It's like her being deaf is no different than her having brown eyes yeah. or her brother. Well, you know, yeah, like that just, it is what it is. Like it, it doesn't affect their like plans really. It yeah, doesn't yeah. change how they do anything. It doesn't change how they exist in the world. Like, this book could be exactly the same almost without them being hearing impaired. And I almost think that makes it better. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying is like, you know, I described the plot to you entirely. Yeah. Without, because their hearing impairment, it doesn't cause drama when they're trying to steal. They work with it and they work around it. Yeah. They, you know, there's one of them and it, it breaks down different experiences with deafness you know what yeah. i mean like there's some that are born with it and here's how we feel about it and how we react to it and then this kid lost his hearing and because of meningitis yep and so he's finds himself angry a lot because he knows what he's missing and then this person has some sort of trauma that you know causes them to have a mental block that makes them deaf. mute, mute. rather than yeah, yeah. deaf yeah um and so they can't speak because of this trauma and, you know, the hero, the main protag says, like, you know, I have trauma, too. I get that. And, like, all this stuff. So, and it, simultaneously, it breaks down, like, 
it deconstructs like uh high school story tropes like the popular girl is also the nicest person yeah you know what i mean so it's not like oh here comes the popular like at one point they're like this is so and so she's the queen of the school and i'm like okay here comes the like i'm gonna sign like that's a great bracelet where'd you get it (laughs) you know like here comes the mean girl but she comes in and she's sweet and nice and she's like super nice and And then there's a conversation in there about how popularity is kind of toxic and it makes her feel stressed out all the time which is true and doesn't get laid out for kids enough like that's an important lesson that kids need to learn is that popularity is a double-edged sword it's great having a lot of people who give a shit about you but it's also very demanding and very stressful i was i was there in high school it felt like shit a lot of the time (laughs) you know what i mean yeah and it's it's just cool there's a lot of lessons to be had in this book in just like a short like kind of quick like like i said fun like goonies-esque romp of kids like robbing people but like there's so much to learn from this book you know what i mean like there's there's just lessons there about like how if you're a teenager how to deal with trauma how to deal with friends how to deal with popularity but also like here's how different people with disabilities handle different sort of situations you know what i mean like yeah not all disabilities are the same so just because they're all hearing impaired doesn't mean their world experience is the same you know exactly and it's just it's so incredibly welcoming it was and so refreshing good. to see just such an open book about that and i've not known any people really that are hearing impaired so this was educational for me yeah. yeah it was it was really really cool i really thought it was cool yeah. And I think it's got tons of TV potential. And I would oh. love to see this get oh, turned into a TV time. show and cast some hearing impaired deaf actors and just like go to town. That would be freaking cool. And now there's like an absolute platform for it because Deaf U is apparently really getting successful. What's a Deaf U? I haven't heard about that. <clears throat> so it's like a it's like a um reality show uh-huh. focused around a college that's for kind of like this school it's for oh, hearing that's cool and so it's like it's your standard like crappy like like you know drama, drama reality show the yeah, same like, stuff you'd expect did you hear what becky said about like, Susie? yeah and it's yeah. like college kids so they're all like you know so and so so and so and it's like stuff like that but it they do the Yo, like I sit saw down. Keith and Veronica in the quad together. Yeah, like it's it's all like silly drama stuff, but apparently it's like really good and it's picking up and I think it's on Amazon. Neat. I think. But Check yeah, I've seen tons of previews for it, so they, yeah. they at least have the marketing money for it. Nice. So Check that out. there's definitely clearly there's a market for it. So make it happen. That's cool. Next on the list is a book that I enjoyed, but I'm going to warn you right now. I have no idea what this book's going to be about. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure what direction it's going. They lobbed up like four different plot organizations, and I was like, okay, but what? Um, this is Red Atlantis number one. I was really excited about this book because, I know, I, I this is going to be a shock, but I actually read the preview in a book. Oh, my God. Because the book starts in the preview that they kept sharing. Well, that's it for the episode, guys. (laughs) Tease. 
She's changed, man. I know. Who am I? But it, it the way that it's presented, the first like couple pages is that people are going to the polls to vote in important swing states. And right at like 11:10 a.m., something happens, cell phones trigger, and incredible horrific violence breaks out amongst the people at the polls and they effectively all kill each other yeah and it's gruesome and horrible and obviously with as much tension as has been going on recently i was like i want to read this because i don't know i'm a masochist but i was like i want to i want to know so i get into this book and it starts exactly with those pages it's it's this horrible massacre and at the same time there's like power outage in these towns in these specific polling place towns where in these swing states so like you know you're like oh okay so it's government subterfuge and it's like weird stuff but then they introduce some girl and some other girl these two roommates and one of the girls like has a like breakdown mildly like starts to pass out and we don't entirely know the context there and then the government is going after her a little bit like, we've got CIA agents showing up because apparently she was born in Russia, but she hasn't been in Russia in a long time. Wow, that's really suspicious that her building started the blackout, but she had nothing to do with it. We watched her during the blackout. Now there's a random dude saying, being very Arnold Schwarzenegger, you must come with me if you want to live. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, hold on. Who is this about? I don't know. Who is this? So is the Russian naturalized woman who's and i say that because she's an american like she's a russian-born american woman because she's been here since she was a baby she's an american okay so i'm like is the russian-born american girl the primary is it is this going to be about her running with this random guy which i'm assuming is a russian guy i guess they're trying to intend that he's russian but are we going to be focusing on the agents or is it focused on the other roommate, which they kind of gave like who weird are we, highlight to? Who are we rooting for? I like, don't know. Is the, yeah. <laughs> I don't is know the, how many of this ties together. Is the agent, are we rooting for Russia? Is, I don't know. Is the dude that rescued her anti-Russian trying to save her? Anyway, there's a preview for it's issue so two in the back, like a little snippet. Oh, I didn't even read that. It's I am like, so confused. Yeah, I just closed it's it and paragraph, walked away. It's a paragraph, and it says things like sleeper agents with mind control abilities and stay tuned for more sci-fi espionage action and sci-fi? all this stuff. Yeah, sci-fi was mentioned. When? I don't know. But for what? <laughs> so... That said, it's a cool concept so far. I'm digging um, it. There is what it's a the is interesting espionage book. Um it at times feels a little bit confusing, but maybe that's <laughs> the point. Um It's all over the damn place. <laughs> the characters weren't given a lot of time to really like develop was yeah, one thing. So like I don't know how much I need to care about Miriam, the the main girl, like Is I, she the main I know she's trying to be a journalist, but that's really all I got. And then it's just like, surprise, action. So we'll see. Um, but it was pretty cool. It was, it was pretty cool. And then I think, like, isn't on the front cover, isn't, like, 
that like Russian cathedral, that like iconic Russian cathedrals, like on the front know. cover or something? Or am I thinking of a different? I don't know. But I, I don't. It's so obviously then, Russia plays some sort of factor. But I don't know which Maybe. side. Yeah. And or are the feds just trying to pin it on Russian people? Is that guy I, Russian? He talks funny. But he might not be Russian. <laughs> they don't indicate that it's like Sorry, with Russian, Russian listeners. I'm not anything. trying to say all Russians talk funny. <laughs> I'm just saying this guy talks funny as if they're trying to imply he's an not accent. speaking his normal language. Yeah, I don't I don't. Well, and why did they give like a weird highlight to the room? I thought the non-Russian born roommate was going to be the primary focus of the book when they introduced them. They introduced her as the bro- protag, yep. not the Russian board. And then the Russian board chick is like being whisked away by. Uh, maybe if she's you want maybe her roommate's a sleeper agent. Maybe her roommate's a sleeper agent. Oh my god, it's so confusing. That's why she's so into Fight Club. I'm so confused. She's living a double life. I don't know. Maybe they're the same. Maybe she's... they're the. Maybe they're actually. Like the same, but oh, personalities. I Maybe. I don't know. I think I'm getting too confused, <laughs> and I'm going to back down. But anyway, I think it's got potential. Um, yeah. Honestly, it was easier to follow than the one book from last week that I didn't know what was happening in that one either. And this one, at least, I, I kind of oh, understood yeah. the context. <laughs> um, so I'll take it. Um, I thought it was pretty <clears throat> good, though. So definitely, you know, it's worth picking up. And if by the second one it's not making any more sense, I'll let you know. <laughs> Right on. Uh, closing us off, I'm going to talk about, real quick, Sweet Tooth, The Return. Uh, Sweet Tooth was a Vertigo title, I believe, from years ago uh, by Jeff Lemire. Um, it's about a boy with antlers and the journeys and adventures that define him. That's all I know about it because I didn't read it. Um, Sweet Tooth, The Return caught my interest because in its solicitation it's not listed as a sequel it's not listed as a reboot it's listed as a rehash effectively it's a reimagining it's jeff lemire taking these characters and concepts from the original run of sweet tooth and telling a new story with familiar aspects in a new way and i think that's really cool i think um it feels very uh there's i can't think of it there's an ip or something that is kind of similar where it's like i don't know i'll think about it anyway um it's very like multi-dimensional and it's very like you know these are different isn't it archer archer does that am i thinking of archer archer does that where like different seasons it'll just be like hey this is like a 70s yes cop drama now yeah they like change what the agency does and who they work for yeah, yeah, and yeah, what yeah. it what it's about um yeah th- that might not be the one i was originally thinking of but i can't think of there's like some show that comes to mind where it's like same characters but like different but different anyway um but this was cool it felt very jeff lemire everything i've ever read from jeff lemire involves like familial tension uh rural looking landscapes and often like underground facilities with a lot of fluorescent lights and there was plenty of those in this um <laughs> seems like it's going to be cool there appears to be some sort of cult there's like an underground bunker this main character sweet tooth's being lied to he's having images of this like big man who looks like old man logan um 
it's cool. I'm, I'm excited to see where this one goes. I haven't read the original Sweet Tooth, so I don't know how much of it is a nod to the original story. Uh, but I'm excited to keep reading this one because uh, I, I just think it is kind of a cool concept. I, It definitely just sort of makes me want to read the original one because I really liked what I was reading about this, but I, I am already acknowledging that I'm not going to be able to pick up on the like, <gasps> oh, <gasps> reveal type-esque thing. Yeah, like the fan service type thing. Right, because I don't know the context because like someone shows up toward the end of this book and I'm like, I know this is impactful. I just don't know who this is. <laughs> yep. And so, like, that that always makes me sad. But that, if anything, just gives me motivation to go read the other stuff. Because then I'll be like, oh, full circle, tie-in. I get this. <laughs> I get it now. But I did really enjoy it. I thought the art was great. Um, and I, I think it's really interesting. It kind of gave me the same vibe as, uh, oh, shoot. You guys know I can't ever come up with the name of comics off the spot. Uh, Little Bird. Ha ha! I did it! Yeah, it did yes. have Little Bird vibes. It gave me mad Little Bird vibes, which is awesome, because Little Bird's one of my faves. That book was amazing. That book was great. But yeah, I enjoyed it. Cool. And I think that's it. That is it. We will have like three to five books hitting you with honorable mention, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, if you like what you heard here today, you can check out more Cover B on our website coverbpodcast.com and if you are interested in news and memes and funny videos and silly awesome fan art you can also follow us on social media at coverbpodcast on facebook and on twitter and chris and i both have instagrams though during a pandemic there's not a whole lot going on yeah i don't think i've posted since march we don't go anywhere (laughs) (laughs) don't do anything fun Uh, it's fine Anyway, thank you for hanging out. Thank you for listening. We'll have another episode for you next week for more Cover B. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody.